start out Starting with a cough. strong with a cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was today it ready? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will um, be. So, everyone, I'm hungover as fuck. <laughs> and you know why? Because it was her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a birthday party, and everyone wore wigs, and it was very fun. I think, like, 40 people or something crazy showed up, which I was like, That's wow. So nice. The owner yeah. was like, why do you have so many friends? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Uh, um, I'm not surprised at all. But – Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, so if I sound a little bit like death warmed up in the microwave, it's because I am. <laughs> you smell like that too? I probably smell like tequila. Yeah. I literally, I'm just some fragments of the night are coming back to me. I literally bought a bottle of tequila at the bar. Mm. Why? Bottle Why? service. For well, just like, just to carry around and pour oh. shots. Mm. It was just pouring shots. It's like, well, that's fun. I mean, throwback yeah. to college days. <laughs> yeah, we were like, can we just get soda water? And then we're just fucking pouring tequila. <laughs> like, oh my God, why am I like this? Um, that's what that's what pushed me over the edge for sure. Because I had already had a lot to drink. I was drinking yeah. rum and Cokes. Oh, like, okay, hangover, <laughs> hangover Central. Uh-huh. I had one at dinner the other night and I was like, damn, like, I so love good. rum and Coke. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, shit, 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 that's fresh. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so if I sound like a garbage can, it's because I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> Just um, temporarily. Just temporarily. But welcome back to Girls Gone Spooky. Yay. I'm Olivia. <laughs> and I'm Amy. And what are we Ooh. talking about today? We're talking about local legends. And I think U.S. only? Did you do any international guns? Um, I looked at some, but I didn't include them. I didn't either. So, so local legends, U.S. edition. Yeah. Um, and we've got a lot of content. At least I do. I've got a lot of content. Yes. Um, I have quite a bit. And I think you go first, Amy. But before that, it's 11 days till Halloween. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Not on on the day we're recording, but on the day that this will be released. Yeah. 11 days. I don't know what I'm doing or dressing as or anything. I don't either. One of my girlfriends just messaged me and was like, talk to me about Halloween. And I was like, girl, <laughs> first of all, if you think I'm in a state to plan right now, you've got another thing coming. Second of all, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> actively don't know. I have mm-hmm. costumes. I got my nails done to be Catwoman. Oh, like long those and kind pretty. of pointy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I had very like kind of pointy. And then, um, and look how long they are. They are long. My Love nails that. are never long. I know. Yeah. Thank you. It's it my nail so girl, strong. honestly. Thank you. Well, it's because she put about 10 layers of gel <laughs> on here. But, um, mm-hmm. She literally, like, tests them to see if they'll bend, like, as mm-hmm. she's putting the layers. And she's like, mm, one more. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, girl. <laughs> okay. Clara. Yeah. Um, she she gets me and mm-hmm. my weak nail game. Yeah. Um, 
Anywho, we're getting close to Halloween, so figure out your fucking costumes. <laughs> and then send them to us because I want to yeah, see. And oh, my God. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> if you post on Instagram your Halloween costume, please tag us. Girls Gone Spooky yeah. is the handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want. We will repost the shit out of that. We want to see. Yeah. So, or dress like us. us. <gasps> Except <laughs> no well, one knows I what we look no like. No one knows what we look like. <laughs> I guess there's the one photo of us. Actually, no, there's the photo of me in that gigantic zip-up hoodie in front of Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no face in that one. No. So. Yeah, it's either face or body. You don't get both. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> I have brown hair and blue eyes, and I'm very pale. And Amy. <laughs> Blondish, greenish yeah. eyes. Yeah. Not as style. pale. <laughs> Like a teapot. <laughs> you did not just describe yourself as short and stout. That's the first thing that came to mind. How sad is that? I've got blonde hair. I've got a green eyes. I'm short and stout. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the content today, but I think that has to be the episode title. <laughs> Oh, oh man. I have I have chills. It's <laughs> a combo of hangover and laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, it's kind of depressing. That's the first thing that I thought of how oh to describe my myself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess oh that's God. my costume now. A little teapot. <laughs> a little teapot, teapot. short and stout. You could you could be a little teapot. Uh, you'd have to make yourself stout though. You're not stout. Your your stature um, is small. Uh, yeah, I guess you're short. What's, yeah. What does what is short? Like, what is the cutoff? Five three, five four. Yeah, five four probably. Because I'm, I'm five five, and people are like, "You're so tall," and I'm like, "What? Really? No, I'm what? not." And then they're like, "I'm like I'm five five and they're like, "There's no way. You've got to be at least five eight. I'm like. What? Okay, well, I'm not lying. Like, <laughs> are these guys who are like, I'm six one, but they're actually five ten? Right? No, it's like <laughs> so their gauge is just way off. Way off. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like it's women too. Women are like, oh, like you're tall, and I'm like, I'm really not. And then it was funny because I was in the office and I was wearing. Usually, I wear these like really chunky platform like combat boots, mm-hmm. and because fucking of course I do but <laughs> I, I came in in my my blundstones the, like my mm-hmm. like snow Cute. rain boots yeah because it was raining that day and I came in and I stood up to hug my co-worker who's in the office he was like what the fuck I feel so powerful you're so hard sure. <laughs> it's like this is my normal height yeah. he was like wow I love this power dynamic I was like okay <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> So fucking that's so funny, funny. yeah so I've confirmed that i'm intimidating i guess at full full height yeah. but and with combat boots we'll t- yeah it's probably the combat not to be messed boots. with not to be messed with i'll kick you <laughs> in the face <laughs> oh man oh well, shit shall we get let's going? dive in <laughs> okay <laughs> so just I... chatting shit <laughs> That could just be the whole episode. Let's just Literally. keep talking. <laughs> See what else comes I out. I love it. 
short and stout, dude. <laughs> it's going on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> laughing so oh, hard fuck. is gonna give me an asthma attack. <laughs> and I might and I might projectile vomit. Yeah. So <laughs> we're in a good go. place. Okay. Well. So <laughs> when I knew that we were talking about urban legends, I wanted to think of ones that I knew like oh, from yeah. growing up before looking mm-hmm. at any others. <clears throat> so hopefully these aren't on your list because I have so many, even if they okay. are. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> these are, I don't think they're specific to Colorado or where I grew up. Um, but <laughs> maybe you know the same ones. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting to see what was in the recesses of my mind. And <laughs> the, the first mind. one is the one about the guy with the hook hand. Did you oh, have that one? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. But yeah. Did you know that one when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think of what was that? What was that like villain on SpongeBob that was like the spatula um, um smashing meats? Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> smash meat. I don't remember. SpongeBob uh villain with spatula hand. <laughs> Hash slinging slash. <laughs> He's literally just like this, like dark hunched guy <laughs> with the fucking spatula in hand. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And it turns out it's just like a little guy with like a spatula in his hand, but his sleeve is covering his hand. <laughs> the hash slinging yep. slasher. <laughs> that is similar to this guy. Yeah. Oh god. I guess he's not a chef, but. <laughs> Um, not this slinging one, hash. <laughs> no, this one I looked up a ver- like the official version because mm-hmm. I am sure there are many. But just to summarize it, it's this guy who's a homicidal man uh, escapes mm-hmm. from a mental hospital, and he's missing a hand, so he wears a hook instead of where his hand should be. Interesting prosthetic choice, but okay. Yes, <laughs> especially for someone who's homicidal. You should probably <laughs> take that away from them. <laughs> but um, anyway, he escapes. It's all over the news. And they are like, this man has a hook hand. You got to watch out. But this couple <laughs> decides to go out anyway to see a movie. But for whatever reason, they pull over on the side of the road. I always heard it was like a lover's lane situation. Yeah, <laughs> They were making out. Um, yeah. And then they hear scratching along like the back of the car over to the <sighs> rear passenger sides, just this little slow scratch. And then they get freaked out. So they leave. And when they get to the movie theater and get out of the car, the hook is stuck in the door handle. <laughs> and then yeah. when I was recounting that to Dave earlier, he was like, so now he's just a disabled old man in the forest. <laughs> he needs help. <laughs> and that used to be so scary, but now it's like, that's all I can think of. 
There's a new spin on a classic. <laughs> it right. For you anymore now that you think about it. Um, <laughs> hey, so now he's just a disabled old man. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> if he doesn't have well, his hook again, right. or, or a weapon. Like, <laughs> there's no weapon. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, God. Yeah. But then <laughs> the other one that I remember vividly freaking me out is the clown statue. Did you what? know that one? No. Okay. <laughs> so Lay it on me. This one was about a babysitter, and there's probably, again, a lot of versions of this, but. She oh, God. I can was, already see where this is going. <laughs> you know, she was babysitting. And she put the kids to bed and went downstairs to watch TV until the parents came home. And she sits down at on the couch and she sees this clown statue, life-size, in the corner by the TV. And it looks like a statue, perfectly still, but she's like, that is the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she gets really uneasy. Eventually, the phone rings and it's the dad of the kids calling to check on everyone. And she says, yeah, everyone's fine. They're asleep. But um, this clown statue you have is really freaking me out. Do you mind if I cover it with a sheet? And he says, what clown statue? <laughs> and then we just <laughs> know that it's like this murderous person yeah. that's going to kill him. And a clown. That's yeah. very John Gacy. Yes, very. That is so. very John Gacy of you and very uncool. <laughs> Extremely uncool. Extremely uncool. So, Yeah. That was one, of course, there's the one with the girl, the calls coming from inside the house. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of when you said babysitter. And then the one where the dog licks her hand. (laughs) Did you have that one too? That one is so disturbing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, those were the ones that I remembered, but there are so many. So let's move on. Okay. So I just picked out a few that I thought were interesting. Um, Two particularly have to do with witches. So that's why I went for those. But um, these are real brief. So this is from Connecticut. And she's known as the Wicked Witch of Monroe. Her name was Hannah Crana. (laughs) And she gained a reputation as a witch. Hannah Crana. <laughs> really? You read the name of Hannah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. have picked anything else. Anything else. Yeah. So she gained her reputation as a witch in the 19th century when her husband died by mysteriously falling off a cliff. And locals... <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Um, <clears throat> locals reportedly believed that she had bewitched him. People also believed that she would cast spells on people she didn't like. Hannah lived to the age of 77, but right before she died, she asked to be carried down to the cemetery in her coffin by foot, not wagon. So after her death, the people of Monroe tried to wheel her coffin down the hill, but were unable to because the coffin kept falling off. (laughs) So they were forced to carry it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for whatever reason, she wanted to be carried, not put on the wagon. They tried to put her mm-hmm. on the wagon anyway, and she kept falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, when the townspeople returned to her home, it was found to be engulfed in flames, sealing Hannah's reputation of witchcraft. And I don't know if she appears Whoa. anymore, but now you can visit her real grave in Trumbull, Connecticut. I don't know where that is, but Whoa. witchy. Very witchy. Yes. And then this other witchy one is from Maine. And it's the tomb of Colonel Jonathan Buck in Bucksport, Maine. Bears a mysterious leg-shaped stain. <laughs> and I saw pictures of this, and it really is in the shape of a leg. Um, mm-hmm. So the story goes that Buck sentenced a woman to burn for witchcraft. And mm. while she was burning, her leg rolled out of the fire. So <laughs> he was the one who sentenced her. So it's mm-hmm. said that now um, she cursed him. And that's why this stain of the leg appears on his grave. Oh, that's so gross. It's, yeah. And people have tried to get rid of the stain, but it keeps reappearing. So it's a little wow. strange. Yep. And then on to, okay, now these next two are ones I'm familiar with or have mm-hmm. seen myself. So um, this one's in Minnesota, which is where Dave, my boyfriend, is from. Mm-hmm. And in his town, they have a rune stone <laughs> that mm-hmm. they say came from Vikings. And they try to say <laughs> that it's evidence that the Vikings made it to the New World uh, before Columbus did. Because uh, also, fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's kind of the urban legend because official historians say that this rock, it, the dating doesn't match it's just a myth but you can go see it in a museum and it's really cool looking Mm -hmm. because either way it was found on this man's farm in 1898 and it's just this giant rock with like norse writing on it so that's cool yeah either way it's some sort of historic relic unless unless he made it himself (laughs) but who knows so that is a cool one and yeah i visited the museum it's very interesting Mm. okay then lastly have you heard all the legends surrounding the denver airport Mm. oh yeah i think you may have told me before (laughs) yeah okay i wanted to get into these yeah because it's so bizarre and I don't really know how it came about um especially because this the current airport wasn't built till 1994 so Mm. even when I was little there was a different airport (laughs) so it's not like this is a historic building really right um but anyway, the legends surrounding the airport say that it is linked to the New World Order, the Illuminati, and the Freemasons. <laughs> and oh. the Freemasons, it makes sense because they did help to lay some of the 
stones during the building of the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, But beneath one of the stones, they left a time capsule that's not to be opened until 2094. And the capstone that marks where the capsule is um, has like the seal of the Freemasons on it. Um, And it also mentions a group called the New World Airport Commission, which does not actually exist. (laughs) So they don't know why that was put on there. Yeah. And of Mm -hmm. course, that New World thing is why people draw the comparison between those two. Um, And also above the capstone that marks this area, the same inscription is written in Braille. But people say that it's actually a keypad. So if you (laughs) push them in the right order, it's going to open up the capsule and or the under the tunnels that are under the airport, which Uh, we'll talk about next. Um, And one airport employee that was interviewed for this article, she said that she's heard stories of people coming in with their Masonic membership cards Mm-hmm. And trying to swipe them <laughs> along the capstone just in oh my case God. it might open something. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so, God. How cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mentioned those tunnels. So some people say that there are up to 100 miles of tunnels underneath the airport, um, which this is where the members of the New World Order would come to hide and ride out the coming apocalypse (laughs) and they say a hundred miles of tunnels because it's said to extend all the way down to NORAD which is in Colorado Springs Mm -hmm. um, which is the I don't know what it stands for but it's like the aerospace security place Um, yeah so then other theories of what's in the tunnels is a colony of lizard people stop yeah I don't know why and some also say, and this, actually, <laughs> this one um, came about, not the lizard people, but some people also say there's evil doppelgangers down there <laughs> waiting Jesus. for the opportune moment to surface and take over everything. Um, I mean, an airport would be a good place to do that. It would be. Really fuck That's up true. your life. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. But... um that didn't come about till recently after mm. I think it said Jordan Peele made either a short film or something kind of along those same lines. And then people yeah, just it's started. Us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. people started to put that with the Denver airport for whatever reason, just because it's an easy target. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it goes on. So there's a mining cart carved into the tile of the Great Hall. I don't know what that is referring to. And it's marked with the letters AU and AG, which are the symbols for gold and silver. But people mm-hmm. say that it's actually an abbreviation for Australian antigen, <laughs> which is a deadly chemical mm-hmm. weapon that mm-hmm. the Illuminati will use to secure power over everyone. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Um, They say the coordinates for the location of the airport were given to its architects by space aliens. (laughs) 
<laughs> strange markings on the walls and buildings are codes from members of secret societies or snippets of an unknown extraterrestrial language. The language is actually Navajo. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> that's embarrassing. Debunked. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then also along with this apocalyptic theme, the airport has some really strange art out on display. Um, one shows a man wearing a gas mask, wielding both a sword and a gun. Surrounded Why? By, <laughs> I don't know. Is that an airport? Yeah. And I have seen these. Like I can picture these in my mind and they're really mm-hmm. weird. It's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why is this here? Um, Because he has his sword and his gun, and around him are children dressed in beautiful, colorful clothes, and they're surrounded by guns. So what? What? I don't. I don't really get the message. Yeah. But yeah. Then there's another one. I think it's the same artist, um, and it shows children in the foreground that are mourning these three women who are being buried. And in the background, it shows all these like dead animals and a forest. Oh my God, these are so bleak. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I kind of get why people are like this. Why? <laughs> why is this here? Really? Why? Does this mean something? And the other thing is that at baggage claim specifically, they're they have gargoyles around, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Which. I think gargoyles. If I ever build a house, I'm putting gargoyles on it. Yeah. 100%. And painting it all black. Uh-huh. So everyone thinks of Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Jehovah's Witness knocking on my door. Yeah. No way. Mm-mm. Was gargoyles, I think, initially or historically <clears throat> were for protection or something. Yeah. Um, but I think now they've become like harbingers of evil or something. People yeah. have given them a different reputation so Mm -hmm. that's why people are suspicious of why those are around um and it's funny now because the airport has embraced this reputation Mm -hmm. like there's the informational signs have lizard people on them like pointing baggage claim this Mm -hmm. way (laughs) and then they have fake gargoyles now that talk and scare you, which happened to me because their, their motion activated. And oh, I was God. there waiting for a shuttle and it was probably like seven in the morning. And I was just leaning there and it oh suddenly, like, can't you see I'm sitting here <laughs> in like a thick oh. accent. And I was like, what <laughs> was that? <laughs> it scared me so bad. Um, so... <laughs> Can't you see I'm sitting here? Oh my god! All I can think of is um, is it the Hunchback of Notre Dame with uh? Don't aren't there talking gargoyles in that? On the church? Yeah, I think there are. I think there are gargoyle characters. Yes, I haven't seen that movie in either twenty years. Yeah, I haven't either. That's a good one. That's Quasimodo. Yeah. Quasimodo energy. That also just reminded me when you said that of young Frankenstein. Oh my god. <laughs> With Igor or whatever he looks Eagle. like. Igor. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. 
Okay. So good. Then the final thing, you can't not mention the giant blue horse at the Mm -hmm. airport. Um, So they have given it the nickname Blucifer because (laughs) it's a giant blue Mustang statue with these glowing red eyes. It's right outside the entrance to the airport. Can't miss it. (laughs) It's another thing that's like, why is this here? But um, he got his bad reputation because when he was being constructed, a piece of the statue fell onto the artist who was named Luis Jimenez. And it severed an artery in his leg, which unfortunately killed him. So his children finished the statue for him and it's displayed at DIA, of course, Um but some people say that Lucifer is cursed because of what he did to the <laughs> artist. <laughs> and some people even say that he's a depiction of one of the horses that will be ridden by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So, Jesus. What a doom just, and gloom at DIA. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> general apocalyptic themes in all oh of those God. legends so They're like chemical warfare lots of guns <laughs> lots of death deforestation and uh-huh. dead animals like yep. oh good yep this is great and only a select few get to hide in the tunnels below <laughs> the illuminati yeah and you may encounter lizard people <laughs> and or and your, your evil doppelganger <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so what do you choose money. oh my god yeah, with Mark Zuckerberg at the helm of all the lizard people since he's oh, right. the lizard king. That's exactly according right. To, <laughs> according to Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know. That one, the whole Denver airport thing might border conspiracy theory. Yeah. Urban legend. But I don't know weird. where the line is drawn. But yeah. <laughs> conspiracy theories could be a good... I mean, we've already kind of done like Bigfoot and stuff, but... That'd be a good topic, too. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, really weird ones. Yeah. Let's do that next. I was thinking yeah. that when I was reading That's these. fun. Yeah. I'll add it to our list. Cool. Well, yeah, that was all I picked out today. Cause... Um, do you want to tell the the dog licking thing? Because I was just thinking, like, if people haven't heard it, they're probably going to be like, wait, I want to hear what that was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. That one – the way I heard it was that it was an older woman, I think, who lived alone and she had a dog who was her best friend and he made her feel comfortable and safe being alone. Um, but one night she was having these really bad feelings and so she reached her hand down from her bed to touch her dog who was always sleeping beside her and he licked her hand and she said, oh, okay, it's fine now. Um, she tried to go back to sleep, felt really weird, did the same thing, licked the hand again. She finally fell asleep, but then woke up in the morning to find that her dog was dead and written in blood on the mirror. It said, humans can lick too. Uh, <laughs> I hate that one. I hate that one. So <laughs> gross yeah yeah i heard a similar version except it was like a young woman living alone and what woke her up was a dripping sound ew and it was the dog's blood dripping in the Mm -hmm. bathtub Mm -hmm. and so yeah same thing but she she never fell back asleep she went and And looked yeah yeah i hate that one 
I know. Not good. Humans can lick. To, like, <sighs> come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ew. Gross. I would be Someone licking your hands. No. Like, no. no. And, Nasty. Uh, yeah. Would they be hiding there still? Like, I would never but be able to my, go home. Or that's what scared sleep me again. about it was that because, like, in the version that I heard, she didn't go back to sleep. So she she got up eventually because she was like, where is that dripping sound coming from? And sees the dog and sees the message, mm-hmm. which means that they would have killed the dog, written it, and then gotten under her bed or whatever. Yeah. And then feasibly was still there. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Because it had just been licking her. So, right. yeah. I was like, oh, you're going to die. Yeah. Like, for sure you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. There was another one I heard, and this one's just more of, like, a scary story, but I can't remember the details of it. I wonder if it's – I think Lauren may have told us this one in university, but it's about, like, roommates in a dorm hmm. and – one, like one one comes in really late at night and the other one's already asleep mm-hmm. and she can hear her like wheezing and she's like oh. oh she's like sick or something and so she goes to bed and in the morning she wakes up and the roommate is like her throat Ooh. is like slashed yeah <laughs> and it says one. something something is written in blood on the wall and i can't remember what it was like yeah, i can't even yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember how that one, like what the climax of that one was, but so creepy, all yeah. those stories. And it's like, do those stem from something like humans can look to that's very clearly made up, but like, yeah. and probably the clown statue too, that sounds like a scary movie plot, but like. Sorry, I just remember. <laughs> it's, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light is what was written. <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, oh my me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh mm-mm. my god. <laughs> so that yeah, they were still in there then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so scary. Holy. But, yeah, when I was reading these and trying to figure out if what I was looking at were actually urban legends, the technical definition of an urban legend was something like a scary story that people present as being true and Uh, often being a story of someone they knew. So it's like, yeah, this happened to my my roommate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. um spooky okay spooky my turn (laughs) yes um okay so i'm gonna start with one that i just like generally wanted to look into um which is the bell witch um which is very interesting um so this dates back to um the 19th century so there's a family their last name is bell um uh northwest of robertson county tennessee um and this is considered to be folklore from the southern u.s so it's some of it definitely happened and the rest is legend and not confirmed 
So according to the legend, from 1817 to 1821, his family in the local area came under attack by a mostly invisible entity that was able to speak, affect the physical environment, and shapeshift. Some accounts record the spirit, or whatever it was, also to have been clairvoyant, incapable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed, and or of being in more than one place at a time. More than one place at a time. Hmm. So um, in 1894, a newspaper editor named Martin V. Ingram published The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. Um, and the book is widely regarded as the first full-length record of the legend and is a, a primary source for movies and adaptations that have been made um, about the Bell Witch haunting. Um, and the individuals recorded in this book were known historical personalities. So there's some of it is truly historical. And yeah, like I said, the rest is we probably will never know. Mm-hmm. Um, some in modern days, some skeptics have regarded um, Ingram's efforts as a work of historical fiction um, or even fraud. Um, others consider it to be a folklore study, um, an accurate reflection of belief in that region during the 19th century. So a lot of it think like witch trials, like invisible forces, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not this piece is not a fundamental element of the original recorded legend, but the Bell Witch Cave in the 20th century became a source of continuing interest, belief, and generation of lore, new generation of lore. Um, it's It also gets included in films, it's referenced in music, things like that. Um, and it's in, uh, it's a karst cave, which I don't know what that is. K A R S T, uh, located in Adams, Tennessee, near where the Bell Farm once stood. Um, and there are tours. It's privately owned, and there are tours oh, wow. done cool. during the summer months and in, of course, October. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So there's a ton of like the the there's a whole book written about this, right? So there's so much information, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you like the synopsis. Yeah. So. A lot of this is stemming from Ingram's book, so keep that in mind. So Ingram published that the poltergeist, that's what Mm. he's referring to it as, that the poltergeist's name was Kate um, after the entity claimed at one point to be old Kate Bat's witch. Mm. So (laughs) Interesting. And Bat's is in like possessive, like apostrophe S. So, yeah. Okay. Um, But the poltergeist began responding to the name Kate, so Mm. therefore – that became its name. Okay. The physical se- the physical activity centered on the Bell's youngest daughter, whose name is Betsy, and her father. And Kate expressed particular displeasure when Betsy became engaged to a local named Joshua Gardner. Hmm. Uh, the haunting began sometime in 1817 when John Bell witnessed the apparition of a strange creature resembling a dog. Bell fired at the animal, but it disappeared. John's son, Drew Bell, approached an unknown bird perched on a fence that flew off and was of extraordinary size, which in my mind, I'm like, it's probably a raven. Yeah. Because those things are huge. Yeah, they are. Um, The daughter, Betsy, observed a girl in a green dress swinging from the limb of an oak tree. 
um, Dean, a person enslaved by the Bell family, which like ew, mm-hmm. reported being followed by a large black dog on evenings he visited his wife. Um, activity moved to the Bell household with knocking heard along the doors and walls. The family heard sounds of gnawing on the beds, mm-hmm. dogs fighting when there weren't any dog yeah weren't any dogs around, and chains being dragged on the floor. Mm-hmm. About this time, John Bell began experiencing paralysis in his mouth. The phenomena mm-hmm. grew in intensity as sheets were pulled from beds when the children slept. Mm-hmm. Um, soon the entity started pulling hair and scratched the children with particular emphasis on Betsy, who was slapped, slapped, <sighs> pinched, and stuck with pins. Poor Betsy. I know. It's <laughs> awful. Little Betsy. So the Bells turned to a family friend named James Johnston for help. Um, so after retiring for the evening at the Bell home, Johnston was awakened that night by the same phenomena. So they were like, hey, come check this shit out. That morning, he told John Bell it was a spirit just like the Bible. That's in quotes. Hmm. Soon word of the haunting spread with some traveling great distances to see the witch which spirit, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, the apparition began to speak out loud and was asked, who are you and what do you want? And the voice answered feebly, I'm a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. The spirit mm-hmm. offered diverse explanations of why it appeared tying its origin to the disturbance of a native American burial mound located on the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sent drew bell and Bennett Porter on an unproductive search for buried treasure. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Uh Um, With the emergence of full conversations, the spirit repeated word for word two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. Whoa. Weird. Yeah. The entity was well acquainted with biblical texts and appeared to enjoy religious arguments. As another Mm -hmm. amusement, the witch shared gossip about activities in other households and at times appeared to leave for brief moments to visit homes after an inquiry. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So John Johnston, who is one of James Johnston's sons, devised a test for the witch, something that no one outside his family would know, asking the entity what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves if she thought they did something wrong. The witch replied with his grandmother's accent, hut tut, what has happened now? In another account, an Englishman stopped to visit and offered to investigate. On remarking on his family overseas, the witch suddenly began to mimic his English parents. (laughs) How bizarre. I know. Again, in the early morning, the witch woke him to voices of his parents worried as they had heard his voice as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, like, the witch was, like, haunting him and his parents. Right you know an ocean away yeah um that's so weird yeah super weird um the englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote to the bell family that the entity had visited his family in england and that he apologized for his skepticism (laughs) (laughs) um at times, the spirit actually would display some kindness especially towards lucy john bell's wife sounds like she's got a thing for these ladies interesting um she she called john bell's wife lucy the most perfect woman to walk the earth like damn (laughs) wow yeah the witch would give lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her and showed john bell jr a measure of respect referring Mm -hmm. to john bell jr as old jack the witch claimed she intended to kill him Mm -hmm. and signaled his his this intention through curses threats and afflictions 
The story climaxes with the bell patriarch being poisoned by the witch. Hmm. Afterward, the entity interrupted uh, the mourners by singing drinking songs. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. In 1821, as a result of the witch's treatment, Betsy Bell called off her engagement to Joshua Gardner. Um, subsequently, the entity told the family it was going to leave, but return in seven years in, in 1828. The witch returned on time to Lucy and her sons, Richard and Joel, with similar activities as before, but they chose not to encourage or engage with it, and the witch seemed to leave again. Hmm. Super weird. Yeah. Super, super, super weird. Um <laughs> There are actually several accounts that say, too, that um, during his military career, Andrew Jackson was actually really interested in the story. Hmm. Um, and he had he I think he or some of he and some of his men went to go visit it and they like fled because they were so wow. freaked out by the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really weird. Where is this um, again? This was in. Tennessee, oh, Robertson yeah. County, it's okay. called. Wow. Yeah, the Bell Witch Haunting. Creepy. So, that's that. I wonder what she Very had against weird. Betsy in particular. I don't know. Maybe she was a little shit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she was like, You're a brat. I'm going to stick you with pins. Yeah. Which is like a really harsh punishment, yeah. but. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Um, ouch. Um, okay, so now I'm going to jump into some other states. I actually think I come back to – do I come back to Tennessee? Yeah, I'll come back to Tennessee at one point. Okay. So this one's in Nebraska. Um, there are a couple here, actually. So Centennial Hall is the first. It's a two-story brick building with 12 rooms, and it was used as a school for primary and secondary students of Cherry County School District. Um, the building was designed by Charles F. Bindoff in 1897, built in 98. It's the oldest standing building in Valentine, Nebraska, which, like, what an adorable name for a town. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, it was once a school. It now belongs to the National Registry of Historic Places, and it was actually opened as a museum in 1978, so almost 100 years later, about 80 years later. Centennial Hall is a heritage museum that displays outstanding personal collections, including, for example, the Halleck Bells collection, which I'm not familiar with, but I'm sure mm -hmm. it's historically meaningful. Um, it houses exhibits in each of its 12 rooms. So the haunting piece is in the mid 1940s, a girl who was attending the school at the time, what this is wild, was poisoned via clarinet reed and Whoa. suffered a heart attack, according to reports, and died. And this is like in wow. the records, like her yeah. death is reported because hmm. it wasn't that long ago, it was the <laughs> 1940s. Um, since then, there have been numerous reports of cold spots and strange noises, such as the sound of a clarinet playing mm. um, and a generally very eerie feeling in Centennial Hall. Wow. Um, yeah. Reports of a visual manifestation of an apparition along with a rocking chair that was observed to be rocking when no one was in the chair. Mm. Like just a lot of weird, creepy crap happening. Yeah. So like who poisoned her? Like yeah. was it an accident or right. I have questions. Yeah. Same. So that's bizarre. That's Centennial Hall. Hmm. Um, also in Nebraska, there is also a museum called Captain Bailey House, mm -hmm. um, also on the National Register of Historic Places, um, and also a brick building. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's historic actually for that reason because it was manufactured in one of three brick factories in early Brownville, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, it originally stood near the Missouri River, and when the river began to change its course and endanger the house, it was disassembled in 1877 and moved brick by brick to its wow. present location on Main Street, which is just wild. Yeah. So Captain Bailey was, who it's named after, was a Civil War captain who lived in the house for many years. A local resident relates a story that purports that doors of the house, yeah, sorry, doors in the house will not stay closed, allegedly because it's haunted by the ghost of Captain and Mrs. Bailey, who were both, it is said, poisoned by a jealous neighbor. Lots of poisoning in Nebraska. Wow. Weird. Um. So it's filled with artifacts today as a museum from Brownville's glory days, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just experience really weird crap there, but especially the doors. That's yeah. like the thing that always, always comes up. Um, so that's Nebraska. So Nevada, you can see we're going in alphabetical order here. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just going to touch on this one briefly because we've dedicated an entire episode to this before, but of course, Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> um, mysterious government facility that is rumored to be associated with aliens. The U.S. government officially states that Area 51 is classified due to national security, which only fuels the fire because the secrecy surrounding Area 51 is what makes it inherently creepy and interesting. Mm-hmm. The government has admitted to a program investigating UFOs or whatever they're called now. Uh, UF, UA, UAF. U, no, that's <laughs> UAP or something. wait. U, yeah, something like that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, the theories about what's going on inside continue to seem more and more plausible, especially with the government <laughs> confirming that they've been researching right. UFOs. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. So the next is New Hampshire. So Eunice Goody Cole was the only woman in New Hampshire history to be tried for witchcraft multiple times. Um, Her first charge was in 1656. Like, wow, long time ago. She was charged again in 1671. Um, This is weird. When she died and her body was recovered, the townspeople were rumored to have staked her in the heart to prevent her from haunting their town and people continue to blame goody cole for the misfortunes of hampton citizens for the past 300 years and at first i was like well that's so dumb like bad shit happens in every town but this is actually like pretty gnarly for example a boat full of hampton residents overturned and everyone on board drowned whoa everyone like what (laughs) Yeah. Um, even even though they were in swimming distance of the shore. So like Yes, something's what? weird there. Yeah. Hmm. People also blame Goody Cole for the crash and for cursing the passengers by having them forget how to swim. So that's like oh, the, yeah. the theory. Hmm. So that's New Hampshire and Goody Cole. Um, this one is the one that I was like really excited to cover. And okay. it is from New Jersey, mm. it is the Jersey Devil. Yes. So, legend has it that in 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant for the 13th time. <laughs> which, Can't like, imagine. 
tracks for that era, but mm-hmm. also like yikes. Yeah. Um, and Leeds is actually the name of one of New Jersey's earliest settlers, and many descendants of the Leeds family can still be found throughout New Jersey this, to this day. So yeah. there, there, there is a component of history in this. Yeah. So Mother Leeds was not living a wealthy lifestyle by any means. Her husband was a drunk who made few efforts to provide for his wife and 12 children and reaching the point of absolute desper- desperation upon learning of her 13th child, she raised her hands to the heavens and proclaimed, let this one be a devil. Sad uh, call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A risky, risky thing. Mm-hmm. So mother Leeds went into labor a few months later on a tumultuously stormy night, no longer mindful of the curse she had uttered previously regarding her unborn child her children and husband huddled together in one room of their leeds point home while local midwives gathered to deliver the baby in another by all accounts the birth went routinely and the 13th leeds child was a seemingly normal baby boy within minutes however mother leeds's holy unholy wish of months before began to come to fruition the baby started to change and metamorphize right before her eyes. Within moments, it transformed from a beautiful newborn baby into a hideous creature unlike anything the world had ever seen. The wailing infant began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-like claws tore through the tips of its fingers. Leathery bat-like wings unfurled from its back and hair and feathers sprouted all over the child's body. Its eyes began glowing bright red as they grew larger in the monster's gnarled and snarling face. The creature savagely attacked its own mother, killing her, then turned its attention to the rest of the horrified onlookers who witnessed its tempestuous transformation. Wow. Tempestuous transformation. It flew at them, clawing and biting, voicing unearthly shrieks the entire time. It tore the midwife. It tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some and killing others. Yeah. The monster then knocked down the door to the next room, where its own father and siblings cowered in fear and attacked them all, killing as many as it could. Those who survived to tell the tale then watched in horror as the rotten beast sprinted to the chimney and flew up it, destroying it on the way and leaving a pile of rubble in its wake. The creature then made made good its escape into the darkness and desolation of the Pine Barrens, where it has lived ever since. To this day, creature the creature known varyingly as the Leeds Devil and the Jersey Devil claims the pines as its own and terrorizes any who are unfortunate enough to encounter it. So in the 18th and 19th centuries, Jersey Devil was spotted sporadically through the Pine Barrens region, frightening local residents and any of those brave enough to traverse the vast, undeveloped expanses of New Jersey's southern reaches. Um, Unearthly whales were often reported emanating from dark forests and swampy bogs, and the slaughter of domesticated animals would invariably Mm -hmm. be attributed to the Phantom of the Pines. Over the years, the legend of the Leeds Double grew, occasionally even overstepping the boundaries of its rural pine barrens to haunt, sorry, rural pine barrens haunt to terrorize local towns and cities. Uh, The most infamous of these incidents occurred during the week of January 16 through 23 in 1909. Early in the week, reports starting emerging from all across the Delaware Valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow. 
The mysterious footprints went over and under fences, through fields and backyards, and across the rooftops of houses. They were even reported in the large cities of Camden and Philadelphia. Panic immediately began to spread, and um, posses formed in more than one town. Fear and intrigue grew even greater when it was reported that bloodhounds refused to follow the unidentified creature's trail yeah. in Hamilton, which weird. is weird. School closed um, or suffered low attendance throughout lower New Jersey and in Philly. Um, mills were forced to close in Pine Barrens uh, when workers refused to leave their homes and travel through the woods to get to their jobs, which like, yeah. Um <laughs> Eyewitnesses spotted the beast in Camden and in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and in both cities, police fired on it but did not manage to bring it down. A few days later, it reappeared in Camden, attacking a late-night meeting of a social club and then flying away. Earlier that day, it had appeared in Haddon Heights, terrorizing a trolley car full of passengers before flying away. Wouldn't that be so fun to be a tourist and be like, is this part of the whole thing? Like, what is this place? Um, witnesses claimed that it looked like a large flying kangaroo. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> not nice. Not a nice one. And another trolley car full of people saw it in Burlington when it scurried across the tracks in front of their car. In West Collingswood, it appeared on the roof of a house and was described as an ostrich-like creature. So it's like the descriptions are all very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, firemen turned their hose on it, but it attacked them and then flew away. The entire week, people reported that their livestock, p- particularly chickens, were being slaughtered. Mm. Yep. Which is Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it reappeared later in the week in Camden where a local woman found the beast attempting to eat her dog. Oh, no. She hit it with a broomstick and it flew away. So it didn't mm. eat her dog. Thank okay, you. good. Um, there hasn't been another week as intense as the 1909 rampage but there have been numerous other sightings um the tale of the devil has spread beyond the pine barrens and has been embraced by all of new jersey even to the point where it's been largely commercialized with (laughs) the nhl team (laughs) the jersey devils um there are still many however who believe um that it's a very real, very dangerous creature that's living in that forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been a constant stream of reports of, of encounters. So weird, uh, strange tracks that they can't identify um, foot, like that look like footprints of a strange bird. Others say they look more like hoof prints. Mm-hmm. Um, it walks on just two legs. Um, but there have been, um, very detailed, like a substantial number of detailed reports about the the tracks being like hooves, like cloven hooves. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still occasional reports of people who see more than just tracks and manage to get a glimpse of the Jersey Devil. Um, he's most commonly described as having the body of a kangaroo, the head of a dog, the face of a horse, large leathery wings, antlers similar to those of a deer, a forked reptilian tail, and intimidating claws. Hmm. That's very strange. Oh, yeah. What could that be? Like, if you weren't a believer in this possible I don't cryptid, know. What is that <laughs> what could that i be? don't know i really don't know it's weird though and then culture. there were a bunch of like yeah there were a bunch of um a bunch of like eyewitness accounts 
Um, but I'll just read one of them because there were like 15 or something. So this yeah. one is Driving by the Devil in the Pale Moonlight by Mary Ritzer Christensen. This has haunted me since it happened in 1972. I was a senior at what was then Glassboro State College. I had heard about the Jersey Devil when I came to South Jersey, but being from North Jersey, a different world, she puts in parentheses, I thought I was far too sophisticated to believe in such humbuggery. One winter night, I was driving to Glassboro from Blackwood on Green Tree Road, which obviously I don't know where any of these things are. At the time, the road was flanked by orchards and farms. There were a few houses and there was hardly any development. So it's pretty empty. I was completely sober and awake when I caught a glimpse of something in my rearview mirror. Curious as to what it could have been, I slowed down to take a gander. It was dark out, but moonlit enough that I had no trouble at all discerning the upright figure of a creature crossing the road from one side to the other, roughly 25 feet behind my car. The figure stood taller than a man by far and had thick haunches similar to a goat's, supporting its nearly human-looking torso and huge woolly head. It moved heavily and didn't seem at all disturbed by my being there. I didn't linger long enough to see much more. I hit the gas and flew to the Mansion Park apartments in the borough. Uh, so petrified, I was unable to sleep the rest of the night, um, but I was too scared to get out. Um, into the darkness that had introduced me to the Jersey Devil, so I stayed in my car all night. Um, never again from that day have I ridden on Green Tree Road, day or night. Um, and I even get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that winter night so long yeah. ago. Wow. Yikes. So creepy shit. That feeling of being paralyzed in fear. Is oh, like, my God. I can't get the out when I can't stay feeling. here. <laughs> That's so yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have just a few more like little quick ones. Um, so New Mexico, um, the local legend there is La Mala Ora, which actually originated in Mexico and it translates to the evil hour, but it's actually an entity. Um, and it's thought that you do not want to run into it on a dark road. Mm -hmm. um, legend says that at first it appears as a ball of black energy, constantly moving and changing its size and shape. If you look at it, it will drive you insane and slowly kill you. At other times it appears as a scary looking woman and it said that if you see her at a crossroads, you or someone in your family will die. No. Yikes. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, yeah. North Carolina in the 1950s, there were multiple dogs found dead and drained of blood in hmm. North Carolina. Dogs. Um, a town called – yeah. But drained of blood. Like yeah. what? Yeah. In a town called Bladenboro, people believed that there was a vampiric beast in the woods and they tried to hunt the animal. Today, the town of Bladenboro has embraced its history and residents actually hold a beast fest every year. <laughs> While some people are convinced that the beast was probably a particularly large bobcat, it's never been confirmed exactly what was stalking their town. The bobcat theory, sure, like could have mm -hmm. attacked animals, but like a bobcat would kill an animal to eat it. Yeah. And this, it didn't eat it. Right. It just, Drained, it's like sucked its blood out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can bobcats even do that? Like, I don't think so. I mean, that's like the chupacabra sort of. Yeah. Which I read about that briefly, but I think everyone probably knows what that is at this yeah. point. But they have different versions of a chupacabra yeah. like all over the world, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, then this sounds a like lot a like it. Vampire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Okay, this one comes from Ohio. During the summer of 1972, the people of Defiance claimed they were being terrorized by a werewolf. Oh, wow. the sightings, yeah, the sightings always happened at night, generally by the train tracks. A couple of women said it would try to get into their houses by rattling the doorknobs. Hmm. The animal was said to be huge, hairy, and dressed in rags. But after summer ended, the beast disappeared, never to be heard from again. But the story lingers. That makes me think it was like some creepy freaking person that yeah. was like trying to scare Get people in. or like yeah. hurt someone. Mm. No. Yeah. In South Dakota, um, purportedly over seven feet tall and very slim, walking Sam is said to appear <laughs> on the streets of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation at night. And he tries to convince teenagers to take their own lives. Hmm. Mm-mm. It sounds a lot like a skinwalker to me. Yeah. The super tall, thin, mm-hmm. and native, native, right? Like yeah. indigenous. Yeah. Um, whether or not Walking Sam is real, um, something very sad is going on at that reservation, though. Since So from December 2014 to May 2015, there were 103 suicide attempts at Pine Ridge. Wow. Yeah. 103. Really reservation deep. populations usually aren't high. Mm-mm. So it's like, yes a large ratio Mm -hmm. like way too many yeah yeah um okay uh back to tennessee briefly uh the pine haven school located in jamestown tennessee is old and abandoned and said to be quite haunted a tragic story took place there where a boy was cornered by a group of bullies in the bathroom who shoved him into a mirror which shattered and subsequently killed him so a piece of glass just like severed an artery or something to avoid getting caught committing murder the bullies decided to bury the body underneath the floorboards Mm, good idea terrifying (laughs) yeah terrifying terrible today people say that if you go inside the school you can see the reflection of the boy if you look in the mirror hmm i'm creepy yeah um texas in the early 1900s um there were children in a rural town in Texas that started to go missing and the residents blamed it on the candy lady, which is horrifying. Yeah. The story says that she would go around leaving candy on children's windows and Mm. eventually she'd lure the kids out with notes attached, promising more candy. The story picked up steam when a farmer allegedly found rotten teeth on his farm and later found the body of a boy with his pockets stuffed with candy. While little is known, yeah, while little is known about the origin of this story, some have speculated that the candy lady was real and that her name was Clara Crane. Hmm. So I didn't look more into her, but she was some sort of like serial psycho. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Yeah. Utah. While it is illegal to take anything from the Escalante Petrified Forest State Park, there's a legend that says anyone who takes pieces of petrified wood from the park will be cursed with bad luck, sickness, and accidents. Parch, par, parch, park manager uh, Kendall Farnsworth stated in 2014 that he gets about a dozen packages every year containing a piece <laughs> of wood from the park and an apologetic <laughs> letter detailing the sender's misfortunes. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. And then and then the last one is in Wisconsin. The story of exactly what happened at Boy Scout Lane varies, but they all end with the same conclusion. A group of Boy Scouts dead on the road. Mm-hmm. In some stories, there was a bus 
bus crash with no survivors or they were murdered by their bus driver or they just mysteriously vanished into the woods one by one. Mm -hmm. Visitors, however, have reported seeing a swinging body in the trees, feeling as though they are being watched and finding child-sized handprints. Oh, no. Yikes. Creep city. That's so creepy. Creep city. Yeah. So that concludes local legends. Yeah, they're... Yeah, so many of those. So, so many. And I skipped a bunch. Like, yeah, I found a bunch same. of others. And I was like, oh. Even ones we hadn't covered before, I was like, I just tried to pick the most interesting ones. Yeah. But we could do another. A lot of, like, yeah, a lot of weird lore out there. Yeah, I looked at Reddit briefly, and everyone mm-hmm. commented about how every town in Texas had, like, the chainsaw massacre oh, <laughs> house or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. There oh, could be a lot thing. of others. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for listening. Um, I have to run off to a concert now. Um, and thank you. Um, but follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Girls Gone Spooky. You guys can email us at girlsgonespooky at gmail.com. Also tag us in your Halloween costumes we mm-hmm. want to see. Um, and yeah, that's it. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.